Hey everyone, and welcome to the HRO Growth Show, where we believe that PEOs and HROs are the best kept secret of small business success, that there's plenty of opportunity for all of them and every reason to grow. This show is sponsored by Pace PEO Association, and I'm your host, Ryan McInerney. With me today is David Goad. He is the sales training leader at Vangresso, specifically focusing on video in sales. And he's going to be joining us today so that we can make sure that we really up-level our skill set here. David, it's so good to have you. Thanks for joining us today. Ryan, it is my pleasure, and thanks for turning on the camera. <laughs> it's good to be with you. It's like doing video about video. It's like inception. It's just like, you know, we're just we're just kind of going into the matrix with this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've actually attended webinars where they talked about video using only audio. I thought that was curious. <laughs> <laughs> and I've received emails from video companies that uh, link me to written blogs without any video explaining what their concept was in video. I mean, come on. Now. This is a shortcut to trust here. We got to use the camera. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and I look forward to the conversation. You got to practice what you preach. That's a fantastic segue into us learning a little bit about you because uh, while I've had a chance to get to know you and understand a lot about what you do in your organization, our listeners haven't had that same opportunity. So if you could kind of just give us the brief history as to what got you into really the kind of training function you now have, specifically helping people, B2B organizations with their video and sales. Could you just kind of give us that brief history? Be happy to. Yes. And just like you, I'm sure some of the listeners probably scrolled through my LinkedIn profile and already checked me out. So I'm not going to give you the long resume history, but maybe focus on a recent highlight that really kind of turned my career around. And I've been in marketing and sales for over 30 years, tons of video production throughout that time from the early days of, you know, three quarter inch editing decks to the current day where everybody's got a, a little video studio in their pocket. So at Cisco, which is just a few years ago, my last job there was as a talk show host. So we did an internal show called LaunchCast that went out to 18,000 salespeople. And I was the host of the show. Now, of course, I didn't know what I was doing when I started. <laughs> but I said, yes, I can do that. And it was like a three-camera shoot, just like The Tonight Show, but for sales. And I interviewed on that show the head of the different product divisions at Cisco, the head of the different sales teams. You know, when security was rolling out a new firewall or new services, we did a show and I got to interview them on camera. And what I noticed, Ryan, was some of these executives who I had seen on stage before be extremely uh, lively and tons of personality, they would get on camera, the little red light would go on and what happened to the personality, right? They would just either slow down, be long-winded, go to their corporate spiel, lose all of that enthusiasm and energy. And so my boss told me, okay, David, I'm telling you, when they're bad, you need to tell them they're bad and then tell them how to fix it. So I'm like, okay, boss, you know that guy's the senior VP of security at Cisco, right? <laughs> it's like, yes, but he wants to look good on camera because he knows and he will appreciate your honesty. And that's what, you know, finding good coaches about is finding someone who'll be honest with you and then show you how to fix it. So after that experience that we did the show for two and a half years, and when I left Cisco to start on my own, that's one of the services I wanted to provide is helping executives and their sales teams, the sales members throughout the organization to be better with this medium, because video is just one of the channels. It's not the only channel, but it's one that seems to be so hard to adopt, so hard to get teams to get behind. And there's so much value, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that here. So there, there was my inspiration for jumping into coaching, and, and I've, I've been with Vingresso for about a year, 
just loving it, getting sales teams up to speed, helping executives really see the value of this medium. That's fantastic. And we talk about value. I think it's a, a really good segue into the first question I really wanted to ask you today. You know, when it comes to sales, it's really a numbers game, whether it's about how we prospect and getting an opportunity, a first time appointment, setting up or getting a proposal, and then really your close rates. Video for most sounds like the addition of a further investment so that they can find new ways and, and new channels. But ultimately, does it really show up in the numbers? Does video directly enhance the production value of a salesperson on a sales team? Yeah, well, I think I'll answer your question by looking at it from the audience's point of view. You know, is video valuable to the person who's shopping or buying? And there's been a ton of data out about, you know, how much video is taking over the amount of internet traffic. Video keeps increasing, increasing. It'll be over 80% here by the year 2021. But there's also been lots of studies done now on how people select media and which media they choose in the buying process. And 78% of people watch videos online every week. 55% watch them every day. Okay, that may, that may not be that surprising to you, but some of the other statistics that uh, IDC and others have done studies recently, 90% of customers say that video helps them make buying decisions. And just to look at that number for a second, again, maybe that's not rocket science. Everybody loves a great video if they're trying to buy something. And I think the reason why is that it's a shortcut to trust. Sometimes a shortcut to getting the information, if it's not too long-winded, <laughs> it's a nice, short, compelling story that gets you the information in a shorter amount of time than it would take to read the white paper or read the blog post and, and look around at different sources. So that's where video is compressing time, but it also gives you a window into, do I believe this? Hmm. And that, to me, is, is, and so you have to be believable when you create a video. We'll talk about that in a moment, but 90% of customers say it helps them. 54% of senior executives are sharing work-related videos with colleagues at least weekly. And this is another behavior that I remember in my time at Cisco, we used to talk about how tough it was to get to the CIO, but we also found that CIOs were sending out their lieutenants and their employees into LinkedIn to go capture content, read content, research, and then bring it back to them. And if you have a video that tells the story right from the horse's mouth, in a really compelling way, it's great to have that travel exactly the way you intended it to that executive, if that makes sense. It totally does. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the, the hard data says that when it comes to circulating content and information within an organization, reaching all of the necessary stakeholders, nothing moves faster than video. And I think what you're saying is that the reason for that is because ultimately it's it's quantified from a quantification standpoint, it boils down the information. Nobody's willing to watch 10 minutes of anything if it's not valuable 10 minutes. So you're able to condense the amount of information and it's a medium that people generally enjoy doing. Reading tends to seem laborious. A lot of people avoid it. But just pressing one button and let somebody explain it to, to you definitely goes a lot further. I think that's what you're saying. Is that right? Yes. I'll bring you back to when voicemail was invented. Now, I'm old enough to remember when that actually happened. And <laughs> people were always trying to call, right? The, the number one sales tool was the phone. And if you couldn't get someone live on a phone, the next best thing was a voicemail, which is actually a, a small snippet of what you might say in the conversation, right? It's like the movie trailer before the movie. 
and that voicemail was trying to get you on a call. And today what's evolved now, because the technology is ubiquitous and, and everybody's got the pipes to be able to handle video, a video email is almost like to a meeting, like a voicemail is to a call if you get it. So you can even send a little bit of you, a little bit of your message, a teaser, if you will, to get people to want to respond and actually get to the movie, which is a conversation with you, preferably a meeting over Zoom or in person or what have you. So that's how I think it's it's evolved. And I think, you know, even though people are saying they love video and they'll choose that if it's offered, video can also do a lot of damage. If it's not done well, if it's too long-winded, <laughs> it can have the opposite effect. In fact, if you're not authentic, and then this is also proven out that, that customers today are so sophisticated and so skeptical and even jaded that they give you 10 seconds, 10 seconds to make an impression and they'll decide, huh, do I believe this guy? Should I listen to the rest of this two minute video? Nah, I'm not buying it. Or, you know, the audio is a little annoying, the quality, eh, nah, click, they're gone. Right? So that's how much time you've got to, do, to develop and make a first impression to get them to want to hear the rest of your message. So I'm going off a little bit of a tangent there, but I wanted to get to that. Uh, maybe that's you know, one of the challenges that people have is just getting past that little skill set that you have to build to be able to create compelling video. And then suddenly it takes off. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have tried video to one extent or another. Either they've seen it done within their organization and team, or they've actually tried doing it themselves. I remember when LinkedIn released the video functionality for people to post a video on their feed, and there was the hashtag, you know, my first video. And uh, people were trying to get in front of the camera and, you know, really put themselves out there. Some saw success and were affirmed. Others didn't see a single click or a like. And so I'm sure there are some folks who are probably struggling. They've experimented. What are some of the things that you've seen done that uh, tend to not produce any fruit? And how do people get themselves in that situation? What is the, the process of doing it wrong? And what does it look like when it's done wrong? Yeah, I think I'll address that, that startup when somebody's, when their boss comes to them and says, hey, you need to do more video, right? And they're not naturally already doing it themselves. So it's a little bit of, oh gosh, I got to do this. Well, why haven't they been doing it already? Right. It kind of seems obvious that, oh, I'd love it. if you're in sales, you want to get a meeting with someone. If you can't get a meeting, send a video. No, I don't like the way I look. I don't like my hair. I like the sound of my voice. You know, there's a little bit of a perfectionism barrier too. that. People say, you know, if I do a video, it's going to be captured forever and, and it's just going to be out there. And I don't know, I could have millions of people hating me. Right. It's like it amplifies the judgment because you're getting captured. And maybe that's something from my generation a little more, you know, people that are 40 and over. When videos were created, when I was younger, it was a big deal, right? It was expensive. There was, you know, lights, camera, action, editing, a big process. And every video had a long shelf life, right? You did have that feeling like that thing's going to, we got to get our money's worth. I'm going to use that for 12 months. How is video viewed today? Almost like a disposable medium, right? Do you ever scroll back and watch a video again? <laughs> right? You, you, you'll, Not usually. You'll, you'll grab, you'll, you'll get the value out of it or maybe watch half of it. We see statistics too on how much people watch of even a two-minute video. And uh, there's been other state uh, studies done on when people bail out of a video. This is also really, really pretty fascinating. Vidyard company did a study of commercial video, just like what we're talking about today, that's been sent out to buyers. And they measured the little spikes of when people bailed out. 
right? They started the video and then when did they click away or close the video? And there were big spikes at one second, nine seconds, and 59 seconds. And what they figured out was the one second spike was usually an error, like, oh, I didn't mean to click on that or it was, wasn't you know, where I thought it was going. But the nine second bailout was a quality decision. Oh, this guy's annoying. I don't like looking at voice. I don't believe him whatever it comes across, or this isn't exactly answering the question I thought it would. It's a quality decision after nine seconds. And then 59 seconds, when they surveyed the participants afterwards was, okay, I've heard enough, right? But wait a minute, I made five minutes. Why'd you only watch? Nope, I've had enough, right? In the attention span. And so if you haven't front loaded your video, with the most important message, if, you, if you've buried the lead or the headline at the end, you've lost. You know, statistically, you're not going to have as high probability of people really getting your message and want to watch it. So you got to start with something really compelling. And, and one of the things I like to, to give in, in my coaching people is, is to kind of turn their story around. They'll usually start with, this is my company. This is how great we are. This is the product we have. Nothing about the customer's problem or, or something that might be relevant to them. And I said, take that thing you have at the end of your video, let's put it in the beginning of the script, right? Ask that provocative question, you know? Are you surviving without a PEO? Wait, what, what do you mean surviving? Well, I didn't know it was a survival test. Right? Hey, something that's provocative or uh, it gets your head going. Say, okay, I want to see what the answer to that question is. And that's a nice little way to use that first nine seconds in a really valuable way to Make a promise that you're going to deliver the answer to in that video. Is this answering your question, Ryan? It definitely is. What I think you're saying is put yourself in the understand the parameters of the videos and understand exactly what kind of context that you're delivering this into. If the individual is going to be making a decision about you in those first 10 seconds, then really, if you're not succeeding in video today, one of the first things to learn is, where is this person going to be watching it? And what am I going to say in those first 10 seconds that's going to deliver the kind of hook that's going to keep a person listening? And yes, I need to pay attention to the quality of my audio and the quality of my video stream so that this is something that's as enjoyable for them to watch as it would be for me to watch if I were in their shoes. It sounds like there's a degree of empathy and EQ that's required to utilize a high EQ tool set like this. If you're, if you're just going to be boring, go ahead and just be boring in a blog. Uh, don't also then be boring in a video because you get turned out way faster because there's it's a lot harder to, to skim and scan a video than it is for words on a page. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, and to your, your question before about people who've tried video and said, oh, but it didn't work for me. Right, the, the most common culprits are probably, they didn't do it right. They didn't hire a coach. They didn't uh, think about the script. They were winging it. Their audio has some kind of you know, poor quality. In fact, that's the other thing. People forgive video quality more than they will audio quality. Interesting. It's so annoying to hear little pops and you know, and here you do a professional podcast like this. Even, even the fact that you're looking at me directly in the eye right now, I know you're making eye contact with the camera. And what a lot of people do, okay, watch my eyes carefully, right? They present like this. Hi, so I'm reading my notes and I'm talking to you. No, if you're trying to persuade or inspire or get someone's attention, you got to look directly into that little black hole and like, like lock your eye contact with it. And then those millions of people that watch it, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> well, like that 50 people who watch a little bit of it are going to feel like you're talking just to them. Yes. Right. And it, the higher the stakes, the more important that is that they feel that kind of connection. That's one of the things I noticed with the executives on the talk show is, you know, just, just make eye contact with me, the host, and the audience is going to feel that you're focused. If you're looking around the room, it's like, oh, that guy's making stuff up. You know, it's just the body language alone can, can throw people off. Another a quick tip, I'm, I'm just throwing some stuff in here, Ryan. But the fact you see, I talk with my hands a lot and I do this naturally, but a lot of people won't allow it into the frame. You've got this kind of space to work with here. And the more visual variety that you give, the more they believe you. There's a, a study done with TED Talks. I can share the link with you afterwards. She, she studied you know, a thousand TED videos. They were all, you know, 500 were on a certain topic, the other was on a similar topic, but these had 10 times the amount of views. And, and why is that? So they went back and looked at it and the people had 10 times the amount of gestures. So it was something about just, it shows enthusiasm, you're throwing your body into it. Yes. And I don't know about you, when I get my, my body involved, my voice goes on, my face lights up, everything just kind of, you know, I, I throw myself in as if I'm presenting in front of a live audience. The worst thing you can do is sit down, cross your arms, hunch over, like you're in a WebEx meeting. <laughs> uh, you know, people lose their <laughs> hair and they, they stop projecting. I'm standing up right now. This is yeah. another trick that I yes. do uh, because it just, I'm more animated. There's more airflow from your stomach out to your voice. Anybody who's taking singing lessons right. will know this, right? Yes. So, breathe through your diaphragm. There, people, can do things, people can do a little more work with a coach. Actually learn the skill set, the different skill set that's required to be great on camera as it is on stage. So that would be part of my number one advice is to, to seek help. So let's get on to that. So what have you seen done by top performers with video that ultimately helps them with their you know, prospecting, their win rate, the opportunity close rate? How, how have you seen them use this? What are some of the hallmarks? Ah, great question. And there's so many, there's so many things that can distract. You know, it's one, one of the things you get when you do coaching and you practice and you do this on a regular basis is you remove distractions, right? The little uh, body language things that you do, you know, people that, that touch their hair, you know, anybody who plays poker knows that, you know, somebody's lying when they're, when they're touching their face or their body and, and all the body language stuff is still applicable. But I think it's, it's a little deeper than that. Right. And some of this even goes to people's belief in themselves and real self-esteem issues. I mean, the people that are totally fearful, like I don't want to do video. I don't want to be captured. They don't like speaking in front of a group either. And a lot of that is is from that fear of judgment or, you know, they were even told to sit down and shut up and speak when spoken to and a lot of kind of deep psychological stuff. Right. And, and I'm not a professional counselor, but that ends up being. A lot of my training, I'll get people, okay, well, let's just sit down and let's just think about why you're doing this. In fact, I was just in Washington, D.C. just last week, and we had set up in the corner a green screen video just like I've got here. And I was allowing people to come up and do like video makeover, right? Let's just do a 30-second spot uh, yeah. promoting you and your company to get people to come to your booth at this show, right? And people are walking up, oh, what's this? Oh, 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 video. And then, then they immediately start fussing with their hair and their suit, right? It's like everybody wants to look great. And this one young lady came up. She goes, well, I, I've never done video before, but my boss told me I need to do this, <laughs> right? A lot of people are hearing that now. And instead of rushing her up in front of the camera, we sat and talked for 25 minutes. 25 minutes. 
Just asking her who she's trying to reach, what story do you want to tell, what's different about you. I know you've got three things, let's just pick the top one that you want to talk about. It's better to make three one-minute videos than one three-minute video, right? And we were just kind of talking it through and got her very comfortable. And when she stood up on camera, I'm telling you, Ryan, unbelievable transformation. I mean, she was throwing her body into it, getting her, she smiled through the whole thing because she saw that it was worth it. See, that, that's the, the mind that for the, the good people that do this. First of all, they start with, it's worth it, right? I know that if I do a good job, it is going to bring business in. <laughs> it's going to cut through the clutter. It's going to stand out in, in my prospect's inbox. It's going to help revitalize and reawaken dark accounts, you know, people that aren't responding anymore. Oh, here, I made this video for you. Right. Now, somebody sees that in their inbox, you're like, oh, I'm not going to just delete that. Let me open that one up. And there's a picture of, you know, Ryan with a little play button on your face. And okay, well, I got to click that. Boom. And then you got your 10 seconds to get their attention. So it's a different approach. It's, it's, it, we take an omni-channel approach. At Vengresso, we teach that, you know, you use calling, emailing, you use everything. But video is this an additional kind of advanced level skill that's going to help uh, differentiate you. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, as I start to hear about skills, that immediately makes me think of uh, the woman that you just talked about and how you spent that 25 minutes with her. And ultimately, it led to transformation. She was able to not only, I think, satisfy the interests of her boss, but but also overcome her fears. And now she's equipped to be able to utilize this medium over and over again. So, if somebody wanted that same kind of proximity uh, with you or an organization wanted to know that, what's the journey it takes to get to that spot and, and how would you help them? Uh, great question. I think, well, Vingresso usually starts with foundational training on LinkedIn. First, you start with everybody has a branded profile and we have a team of writers that helps uh, redo that for your team or for individuals and get you to be on message keyword optimized, branded, and looking good in LinkedIn. Before you start reaching out and trying to draw attention and bring people to you, you got to look good there. The second thing we do with teams is to train them how to build their network, how to engage, how to reach out and get referrals. We have eight hours of instruction in an online course, and that's also a foundational course that we use in our live training with enterprises. So once you've got all those basics, then I would say video comes on the end of that. It's like a ninja skill because you're really going to draw attention to yourself when you start doing video and you want when they show up in LinkedIn that you got the skill set and uh, the branding to show up right. So our video programs, typically it's teams of 20 to 25 to start. We've done uh, as many as a thousand reps at a company. We're one of the largest digital transformation, digital sales transformation companies. So we can scale up to handle that. And the video is a little bit different. And I would say this, you do need some face-to-face -face workshop style training because of the, that, what I talked about, that personal watching all the little nonverbal cues and being able to connect with someone and get them started in the right way. Right. And then some of them take, take off and become monsters. I mean, seriously, it's like, wow, I can't believe she, you know, she was the one in class that said, I ain't going to do video. And then afterwards, she's the one producing all the videos. And we had a gentleman at another company we were just training recently, CenturyLink, I could say their name because they're public uh, testimonial for us. And one of the guys in that class, you would have swore would never be the one to get results with video. But here's the other thing. This goes back to answer your question about what the best performers do. This guy, Dan, he was himself. 
He didn't come on camera and put on an act and try to be a broadcaster or do Casey Kasem's voice or any of these weird things people do when they're on camera. He was just Dan. It's like, you know, David, I don't feel comfortable waving my hands around. I'm just going to sit here. Okay, cool. But what he did was he connected with the, the camera with his eye contact and he just talked conversationally to his customer. And if you can do that, which actually takes a little bit of acting, because right now I'm staring into this little black hole, imagining there's people on the other side looking at me. So there's a little bit of a, a leap there. But if you can picture, just picture one person in the audience you're trying to reach, picture their face, know that you've got a message that, that they will benefit from, and just talk to that one-on-one. -on -one. Don't think about it as a one-to-many. It's going out to a million people. You're just talking one-on-one. -on -one. And maybe that video gets shared to other people, but each person that watches it, will feel like you're talking just to them. It's a wonderful skill for you to for you to give us is that sense of just talking to just one person and trying to reach just that one person and it makes me think that maybe a good place for people to start with this after they have worked through your training, I would assume that if they've, if they've gotten themselves equipped on LinkedIn, they've got that profile that's there, actually producing videos one to one maybe an easier place for someone to go uh, rather than having to create an entire avatar audience, maybe just communicating with Bill and with Susan and with uh, Janine and being able to just say, hey, Janine, this is so-and-so and I was reaching out because and get that 10-second hook out to just that one person maybe is a good point to start with because, and especially if it's someone that you actually already know, maybe even someone you've already developed a little bit of rapport with that can help, you know, soften the entry point and create a dynamic and afford momentum that they can utilize and leverage into places that are maybe a little less familiar. Maybe it's a LinkedIn newsfeed post, or maybe it's something that they want to do on a more professional uh, basis. But uh, maybe they want to put it in their newsfeed and they want to talk about a webinar that they're going to be on because now they're more comfortable with video. That These seem like the progressions of where somebody can go. But that starting point, and this is just you know, my thought, I'm not sure if if you agree, David, but but is just to start off with just making one video that's important to just one person uh, that you deliver through your Gmail and just let that happen and get get through that first one and then get to the next and then the next one at a time. Follow the process, but it's that getting that first one done that can can really be terrifying. And if you can do it with somebody that you already know, that already knows you, likes you, and trusts you, then that probably will help you even further. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I will agree with you and I'll disagree with you. The agreement part is, yes, the one-on-one -on -one can be a little easier than the perception of speaking to a large audience. So for the people that have the fear and the things, you know, the psychological fears and hesitation, you're right. This is only going to reach one person. It's not that big of a risk. However, the disagreement is sometimes the stakes are higher. If you're sending a proposal to an account, and it's a, a six-figure deal, then the fear of making uncorrectable mistakes paralyzes people, mm. right? And they'll do take one, take two, take three, take four, <laughs> take five. And I'm telling you, if you do more than three takes, you need to take a walk because <laughs> it starts going downhill real fast after take number four. Yep, and sure. sometimes that's you're preventing yourself from, from being relaxed and being confident. And, and, and you know, the, the other thing that when you watch a video from someone that, that you enjoy, it usually looks like the person on the other side is having fun. 
right? Not only if you sense it with me, I'm having fun. I, I, I love talking to people about video. Sure. I love coaching. I love helping people. That just comes through. I don't hold back. And people tell me that. They say, hey, man, you look like you're having fun doing your job. Of course I am, or I wouldn't be doing this. And so even in sales and marketing, if they can perceive that you're having fun. I'll give you another example. The T-Mobile CEO, John Legere. Have you ever seen any of his videos? Yes. So, so John- I have. I got to meet John in person. We did a charity run around Central Park in New York. That's a whole other story. But I got to talk to him. He does a show. This is the, the CEO of T-Mobile, one of the fastest growing <laughs> telecom companies. He does a show every Sunday called Slow Cooker Sundays. So Slow Cooker Sundays gets hundreds of thousands of views. And over half of the views come from employees inside his own company. So John Legere is actually setting an example. It's like, this is how I want you to be. I want you to be transparent. I want you to be authentic. I want you to have fun. And you know that customers can perceive that, right? That's a cultural kind of thing. And when we work with teams that are saying, hey, we want to incorporate video in our sales, first place we start is the executive sponsor. Who is the sales leader that's going to produce video <laughs> before he or she asks the team to produce video? And, and when you get that level of, of buy-in at the top, it helps absolutely the adoption of people trying it out and, and doing it. And the other thing we found, it's kind of interesting, Ryan, is these executives who begin by doing videos that go externally, then they see the value like, huh, I should do maybe two or three of these a month. Yeah, we have a monthly all hands meeting, but I got an update right now. I don't want to wait till the next meeting. I'm going to come on, do a quick three minute video, send it out to the troops. And here's the other cool little secret about these applications now is there's tracking, right? They tell you, we use, we prefer one mob. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's great because they do a great job with landing pages. So you not only post your video for viewing, but you know, one, two or three resources down below. Like here, click on the PowerPoint, click on this testimonial, click on the white paper. And so when you send that out, you get notification back of who clicked on your video, how much they watched, which resource they downloaded. I even see who they passed it on to. So just like every salesperson would love to have, have it come right from the horse's mouth, even if it travels down the hallway to someone else to get approval, it, it's the original story, yes. right? And, and you get all that fun and enthusiasm and energy and, and passion uh, get to travel along uh, with the story. So that's another cool, cool way to approach it. That's huge, David. I think what you just said there is that visualization. We're all trying to get in the door and then we're trying to get in all the other necessary doors that we need to. And what I just heard you describe was an ability to do that, to get over the fence, get inside the organization and get circulated, but even have visibility as to exactly who engaged with you so that you can, within your sales pipeline, figure out who the stakeholders are because nobody wastes anybody's time forwarding something on, especially to a senior executive that isn't worth their time. And to be able to see the other resources there as uh, kind of triggers, individual resources that maybe alert to other different kinds of pain or things that are important within the organization at that time can give you additional insights into the organization so that you're effective and that you leverage that EQ that you're developing to, go the, to really go the distance. It's been a fantastic bit of advice you've given us. Oh, thanks. And, and I think if I didn't say this before, I'm going to repeat it again. The latest statistics that you'll see, and we have a, a state of digital selling report that we just uh, published not that long ago. Inside Sales has a report, but it only shows roughly 10%. 10% of salespeople 
are using video now. And you can say, oh, see there, it doesn't work. No, the way I look at it, I still have a chance to differentiate. I'm gonna be one out of 10 <laughs> that sends a video and I'm gonna, you know, bypass the competitors or show up better in the inbox or, you know, have that little competitive advantage. We've, we've heard the anecdotal evidence back from some of the people that we train. It's like, hey, David, I got this response. She goes, wow, that was a fancy way to deliver the proposal. Right. But, but it worked, right? It, yes. It got her to answer faster and she passed it on. Other people have been trying to get a meeting with someone or, you know, the rep gets reassigned. Like I'm new in your territory. I want to introduce myself. Well, you do a video that not just says, hi, I'm David. I'm your new rep. You add a little value, right? We have this latest state of digital selling report that you might find interesting. And then a call to action. And this is a Vingresso, you know, PDC approach, personalize, add some value, and then have a call to action in any video that you do. And just keep it short, keep it to one thing, one call to action, uh, don't give them too many choices. Well, what's the one call to action that we should walk away on this show with? What should, what should listeners do and viewers do as a result of uh, what we've talked about here today? Go buy a really expensive video setup, you know, for $5,000 and get, you know. <laughs> no, I, and that's another thing people get hung up on because you don't need anything much more than your phone, right? Everybody has a phone that can deliver decent. But you might want to invest in a directional microphone and the lighting, something else. And in your home office, the easy poor man solution is just turn and face the window, right? Some people are in the dark. They've got the harsh overhead lighting. Just some simple things like that, which you can learn. We teach those tips in addition to the content, storytelling, and all that. So our, our, our selling with video program for teams. Give us a call. We'll give you my email address, the Vingresso website. Happy to talk to one of your sales or marketing leaders. Uh, and most of the times, Ryan, we, our, people who bring us in, it's sales and marketing because they both have a stake in it. Marketing with the branding side and sales with you know getting more conversations. And statistics also show that with a higher increase of social selling adoption, sales win rates also go up. So there's hard data on that now, and I'm happy to share that with people too if they're interested. So let's schedule a meeting. Happy to talk to one of your leaders and uh, take it from there. Thanks, David. We'll make sure that the way to get in touch with you is included in the show notes of this episode, as well as in the blog post at pacepeo.com. David, I want to thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute delight to talk about video while producing video. And I hope that's the format you've been able to watch this in. If not, make sure you go to the website and check it out. And we'll make sure we get you in touch with David so that you can take video to the next level in your PEO or HRO organization. Thanks so much for joining me today, David. And I look forward to having you on again soon. Great questions, Ryan. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Take care.